What's up? This is Mike Fenoya from Amigos, and Amigos Podcast is in the loop, the legion of Osiris Podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with podcasts and live experiences about artists and topics you love. Check out OsirisPod.com and stay in the loop. Sign up for the newsletter to learn about the newest podcasts and events. Relics Magazine is a media partner of Osiris. For music news, go to Relics.com. Hey, what's up? It's Mike Fenoya. Welcome to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by our new sponsors, Kushco. You know those cool containers that cannabis and hemp products come in? Those jazzy joint tubes and edible wrappers? Well, Kushco is bringing them to the market and changing the game. Kushco Holdings, publicly traded under the ticker KSHB, is the parent to innovative cannabis industry leaders such as Kush Supply Co., Kush Energy, the Hybrid Creative, and Kalito Packaging Solutions. And they've sold more than 1 billion units to more than 5,000 legally operated medical and adult-use dispensaries and growers across North America, Europe, and South America. For more info, go to kushko.com slash podcast to learn more. That's kushko.com slash podcast to learn more. Got a big episode here for you today, guys. Uh, we'll get to it in a minute. I've got my pal, uh, the great Artie Lang, on the show, and we have uh, a real fun talk, and I'm, I'm really excited to share it with you guys. But uh, thank you for everyone who's been listening. Thank you for everybody who's been uh, reviewing and rating and subscribing and all that great stuff. Um, it means a lot, so head over to iTunes and give us a review and a five-star rating and all that stuff and tell your friends and follow at Amigos Pod, A-M-I-G-O-S-P-O-D on social media. Um, A listener recommended we do questions and I love it. So if you have any questions for me, uh, comedy, music, you name it, um, head over to AmigosPod at gmail.com and send a Send me what you want to talk about, and uh, I'll bring it up on the show. Um, I'm going to do a couple episodes coming up soon where I talk about that. Yeah, you know, address some of the questions. And uh, a lot of people are asking, like, what are we listening to um, at the moment? And after talking with Artie, um, I've been listening to some uh, Bruce Springsteen. And uh, when you listen to the episode, you'll understand why. Especially, uh, you know, I had an uncle that. Uh, that passed away not too long ago, and I collected, I got his music collection, and in it was uh, the Bruce Springsteen live box set. And uh, on it, there's a, um, a, a version of The River where Bruce talks about being a kid and not getting along with his dad. And, uh, you know, he has to go to, um, you know, he leaves the house a bunch, and he was out of the house a lot, and he fought with his dad, and he got into a motorcycle accident and he was like laid up and his dad cut his hair off and all this, you know, cool story and how he's got to go register, um, take a, a physical to go to the army and fails the physical. And then his dad's happy and it brought tears to my eyes. And when you listen to this interview with Artie, you'll understand why I'm on a little bit of a Bruce, uh, bender right now. Um, I've known Artie now a couple years, and um, we've been chatting about doing this podcast for a bit. And uh, some of this shit, man, it's just surreal going for what you want to do and getting to know the people that you get to know and befriend along the way. And uh, without a doubt, Artie's one of those one of those guys for me. Um, he's been in the you know up and down with addiction and 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 all that shit and and we all kind of are are pulling for him and we hope that you know if you're listening to this already and it, it's hard to say you know face to face but man like we all really want you to get better and 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 we want you to keep fighting the good fight and you don't have to do it alone and i'm sure anybody listening you know echoes that sentiment you got a lot more to offer and uh 
that shit's not worth it, you know. But Artie was kind enough to have me to his place in uh, Jersey, and we sat. I got to meet his mother. She opened up the door, not knowing that I was coming to visit, and uh, scared the shit out of her. And she scared me. She's like, "Who the hell are you?" Which I love. Just that tough Italian mother right off the bat. And two minutes later, we were, you know, I love her. She's great. We were talking about migraines, and we were talking about all types of fun stuff. And uh, Artie and I got together and sat down and looked out at, you know, a beautiful view of Manhattan. And uh, we talked music, and we talked about some pretty heavy and important moments uh, that music, you know, has created or opened up uh, emotionally. And uh, how sometimes things just capture an event and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to put into words. You, you guys are just going to have to, you know, listen to it and check it out. And I can't thank Artie enough for his time. And uh, I'm really glad to bring this to you guys. So enjoy. And as always, everyone, head over to um, OsirisPod.com and check out all the great podcasts on our network. Um, honored to be a part of the family over here. And... Uh, Check out MikeFenoya.com for all my dates. I got a bunch of stuff coming up. Uh, this weekend, I'll be in Jersey at uh, Uncle Vinny's with my pal Big J. And then I'll be in Burlington, Vermont for New Year's Eve and a bunch of stuff coming up in the uh, year of 2019. So I'm going to be back out on the road with the Impractical Jokers for a bit. A um, bunch of comedy coming up. So check out the dates. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, share with your friends. Let everybody know that uh, you know, you're enjoying the pod. It goes a long way. Thank you, everybody, and enjoy this chat with Artie Lang. Peace. Artie, thank you so much for being here, my friend. What's up? I talk about uh, something that's been a long time in the making. We've this, talked about this for a while. Yeah, this is uh, longer than uh, Creed Two. <laughs> I know, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, well, well, the thing is, uh, you, you uh, maybe you heard me on Stern talk about classic rock. Well, music in general, but rock and roll, like the, the, the Stones, and, and uh, or we talked about it at the comedy side. The great thing about what me and Mike do for a living is is this clubhouse we have called the Comedy Cellar, and we're lucky enough to be regulars there, which means, you know, you're, you're, you're sort of known as being one of the better guys of your generation if you're a regular at the Comedy Cellar, you know? Yeah. And uh, I've worked with Mike. That's certainly true of him, man. I mean, Thank you so really much. so smart and great. You give the Italians a good name, <laughs> uh, whereas I don't. <laughs> But uh, I think you're doing a different <laughs> job, Artie. No, no, so, 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 you know, it, it might have been just we, we get to go there and bullshit with funny people, interesting people. And maybe it was from talking there about about, you know, our love for, you know, the, the, the history of rock and roll. Absolutely. Uh, back to the 60s. And you said, you know, I do a podcast and would you want to do it and talk about nothing like that? And I said, that's one of those things like baseball I could talk about forever ad nauseum. Yes, so, absolutely. Uh, here's an example of me talking forever ad nauseum. Go. <laughs> which, <laughs> which I love. By the way, my mom's here. Yes. A rare appearance on Beautiful. a podcast. Uh, Your mother's great. We talked about migraines for the yeah, past Mike, 10 Yeah, Mike had never uh, met my mom, and I forgot, uh, uh, like the genius uh, with scheduling that I am and the efficient life that I lead, I forgot to tell my mother that Mike was coming up. My mom is staying with me because, uh, I say it's because uh, she has glaucoma, she says it's because I'm a drug addict and she needs to cook for me. Uh, somewhere in the middle is true. Well, Ma, you, you want to say something on, on his podcast? Well, God forbid the house that I bought for uh, millions of dollars uh, and that you are a guest in, I believe, because the other house that I bought is not occupied where you should be. No, I, I helped her by the but house. We hit it up. I helped Mom, her by that. We, we hit it off right away, though, right? You could no, tell it was like two Italian. You could tell two Italian. You could tell That's Mike's right. Italian. When I came in here, it was three minutes of like I, it was as if. He, he, first of all, I think she likes him better than me. Well, uh, can you blame her already. He'd be a better son. <laughs> Mike's that. the kind of Italian guy you want your son to be. I don't know. I'm the fuck up Italian. Has a bookie still. 
No, come on. Now that's Carl not, Weathers knows. Yourself. <laughs> I grew up. I grew up in New Haven. I was telling your mother right outside yeah, New Haven. Right. Which we can get into Toad's Place, the Rock Club, in a little I, bit. I, I opened but, for Molly Hatchet there. Jesus, really? Yeah, how about that? Wow. Yeah, Danny Joe Brown doing voice check <laughs> behind you, uh, or it's uh, sound check to flirting with disaster. That's amazing. While you're trying to do stand up, Molly Hatchet. No, you know what it was with you, man. It's like you know, and I, and of course I know you from the Stern days and all that, but there's certain people and i don't know i gravitate to certain people when it relates to like sports yeah comedy music those are things that no matter who you are and and you know this just like if you have a best friend that you grew up with a hundred years of your life you knew him right when you're a comic you have this automatic friendship Definitely. that you just don't have with anybody else it's a bond that you know about no matter what level of stand-up you are if you've done gigs and you've been on the road if you've been in a minivan with bob levy on the way to a gig <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know th- that's a bond that's better than like if you were in D-Day together with absolutely something. yeah it's true uh, if you've heard Bob scream at his son in a minivan I, I don't know where I left the pizza money <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was a uh growing up in new haven and going all the you know like there's certain people like i'm saying i know that like they're into rock i could talk to music critic yeah, but it, to me it's music you know what i mean it's like it's like uh and stuff that used to be considered heavy metal when we were in school like, like black sabbath is classic rock to me right. it's not heavy metal acdc is not uh you know heavy metal to me is like slayer that speed metal shit you can understand but you know, nowadays people are selling out. There's no bands anymore. People sell out 80,000 seats in Norway with a laptop. Yeah. DJ Tiesto, you yeah, know, you're right. and, a, and yeah. a mouse head and a laptop. And you used to yell out to like Keith Richards, play those solo from Dead Flowers. Now, what do you yell out to DJ Tiesto? Like, hit the space bar. <laughs> Check your email. <laughs> Check it. Uh, selfie yourself in JPEG. It's your trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, uh, so, but, and, and of course, promoters go, look, one guy has to make it on the plane. We don't have to worry about the bass players on dope. And yeah. and so and it's less money and they sell 80,000 tickets. Everyone's on ecstasy. Yeah. Um, and a lot of bands are just staying in the studio making one song. And right. then that's it where there was the whole album, you know, like there's albums where it's like you're not going to skip a track. Right. You're going to go start right. to finish. And, and they told a story. story. Yep. Yeah. So what are the like now let's go back to, you know, you're growing up in, in Jersey. Right. And. You, what, you what, late seventies? I I, I turned I turned twelve in nineteen seventy nine. So I I my, my preteens were the seventies. Okay, which were a glorious time. Yeah, it was I that great. The seventies are my favorite because uh, it was that time in between, like the flower child of the sixties and the go go eighties, where everyone's you know doing coke and you know, making money. And it was that adjustment period where the world was just a little off. Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget Geraldo Rivera was on. Stern once and he told us that he took two hookers to a date to Jerry Bruckheimer's party once and uh, he took two hookers and Howard said why he goes it was the 70s like like that's that's how a lot of people you know <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and a time when uh, the greatest TV in the world and the worst yep you had that one day at a time but all in the family Saturday Night Live but you know you had Led Zeppelin and the Bay City Rollers exactly uh, music greatest music worst music greatest movies and worst movies oh god yeah uh, Apple Dumpling Gang and The Godfather you yep, know? yep. Uh, but but um Music was cool, and uh, and and um, like like in other words, I'll give you an example about how uncool the world's become. Uh, the biggest movie stars in the world, like Tom Cruise, is this generation's Paul Newman. They say mm-hmm. he goes to the Kids Choice Awards and allows himself to be slimed to sell a few extra tickets to Mission Impossible. Can you imagine Paul Newman even getting the phone call no. that we're going to slime you? <laughs> at, at, first of all, he, he, he could have Paul Newman needed a few extra people to go to see Harry and Son. I'm sure, right? Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> but 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 is he at some point? Where does the dignity where? At when do you say no? Yeah. When do you say no? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, just just have some decency. And the Grammys, Jay-Z is supposed to be the cool. They're all the Grammys. Beg Every award show, think of an award show, the Fuckstain Awards. Yeah. They'll get people to go, the Stones were never at the Grammys. I think about that so much, yeah. And then you look at these shows like The Voice and stuff. Are you going to see Robert Plant or are you no, going to see no. Roger Daltrey it, sitting there hitting a button? Point. You know? Another great point. Yeah, with George Carlin and Richard Pryor living in a house for Last Comic Standing. <laughs> yes, exactly uh, right. 
What? Yeah. How fast is Mark Rochogan hitting the face? <laughs> I How think... fast is that fan getting thrown out? I know, really. That right? fan won a stand-up contest. It's it's like, yeah, honestly. And, and Dan Natterman tells an amazing joke and gets uh, judged uh, on his comedy by Heidi Klum, mm-hmm. a Jew comic uh, by uh, a model that sounds like a Nazi. <laughs> with, with, with the great rebel Howard Stern sitting right next to him. He's a judge of time. Why not th- throw Dan, Dan Natterman a line and save him? Yeah. Heidi Klum is judging comedy. Dan told a brilliant joke, and it had the word German in it. Yeah. How dare you mention a race in a joke? Yeah. So no one listens to context. And Heidi Klum like, you have managed to... It was like Hogan's Heroes. Shut up, Clink. <laughs> you have managed to offend everyone. He said German. That's it. And, uh, and Howard's sitting there like a boob. <sighs> um, yeah, things change, man. You know, did you find... Were you like... Were, Right away, was rock and roll something that just kicked your ass Well, as a kid? again, I had an older cousin, uh, my cousin Jeff, who was uh, everything to me. And I wanted to be my cousin Jeff. How much older I, was I, he? Six than... years. Okay. Perfect. So in, when I was 12 in 79, he was 18. That's a big deal. Yeah. Now, I'm about 10 years old. I'm going over. I, we go to play baseball at his house all the time. His mother, my Aunt Jo, who I love more than anything, is uh, in her 50s at the time vacuuming. Okay. And uh, I'm waiting for Jeff to get out of the shower to play baseball. And I'm like nine or 10. And I see a sp- picture of Springsteen. And the, that was real cool before he went to the gym. Sure. Skinny Springsteen. Yep. Uh, the river, darkness on the edge of town. Like a black and, uh, jean shirt, yeah, sleeves cut and, off. And he's got sunglasses on with the guitar. It just looked cool. Working man's hero. Right. Bruce. It just looked like a cool motherfucker. Yeah. So I said, who's that? And my Aunt Joe goes, that's the boss. <laughs> right away. Yeah. So uh, and, and my, my, he listened to Springsteen, Zeppelin. And you're right. It told a story. I remember going to get Born to Run on cassette and then Darkness on the Edge of Town. Now, Springsteen was such a great artist that not only within an album would he tell a story. Born to Run was about all these guys who grew up in a town like Freehold. Yep. Uh, getting out. We're gonna. We're gonna. All our dreams are gonna true. We're born to run. Darkness is an album about all those people coming back as failures. Yeah. And it is the. And God, do I relate to that? There's a song called Factory that is my old man. The working life. Man puts on his work boots, goes to work, and and uh, and it's just slow and depressing and just amazing music. Yep. Uh, just amazing music. Springsteen at the Grammys in the in the in the fucking seventies. No. Right. No. At some point. MTV came along and ruined Mystique. Thank God there's no video for Thunder Road because I want Mary's dress swaying. I want that to look like what I have it in my... I want that's my so, imagination. Exactly. My imagination is Wendy in Born to Run, not, not you know, yep. uh, Tom Freston's casting couch. I think, about, <laughs> you know? I think about that a lot where, like, I got Mary pregnant and that was all she wrote. And yeah, on my yeah, 19th yeah. birthday, I got a union card and, and a, a wedding, wedding coat. coat. Yeah. I picture that. Like, them looking at each other being like, fuck, I got to be a man now. Right. Like, it's time right. for me to grow exactly. up and take responsibility for my about. actions. And, and uh, wow, that's so amazing. The yeah. rap he does with his, before his old, he, uh, with his old man saying, you know, when he's a young kid, the army's going to make a man out of you. And then he tells his father he failed his test. And he, I think Springsteen has flat feet. I think that's what, uh, 4F. Um, and, uh, you know, he says, that's good. You didn't go to the army like that relationship with the Vietnam and everything. Yeah. And it was just uh, it's when being liberal was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's when you know, when right wingers were uptight. Now it's the direct opposite. It's full circle. It's more fun to make fun of liberals Yeah. <laughs> uh, because they are the uptight ones. Yeah. Now, now. Uh, well, the far on any side is now the same. Right. The far. Yeah. It's all extremes. Yeah. But I, I'll give you I'll give you what's great about. The, the dream I grew up and lived uh, because I dreamed of being a guest one time on the Howard Stern show. My buddies will tell you, I would say out loud, I one day dream of doing the news with Gilbert Gottfried on the Howard Stern show. I co-hosted the show for eight years. That yeah. is a dream come true on a level. I can't, it's surreal that it still even happened. Well, you did um, an amazing job. Man. Uh, well, well, thank you. It, we, but it was the best. And, um, uh, because of the hugeness of that show, uh, I met Springsteen's cousins at a concert once, and one of them became my my tour manager for a little while. And through him, he listened. Springsteen listened a little extra to the show and realized how much I defended him, how much I knew about him, and stuff. Uh-huh. And after I stabbed myself on on heroin and left the show, I was at home 
alone, depressed, wondering where my next job was coming from, and Bruce Springsteen called me at home. Now, I was 16 when Born in the USA came out. Holy shit. And uh, saw him 50 times. And uh, I knew he might call, uh, but uh, I hear uh, uh, Artie uh, is Bruce. And I go, uh, I go, hey, man. He goes, the first thing he said to me was, are you taking care of yourself? Which is the first thing he asked a heroin addict, like, are you shaving? Sure. Like, like that's a big, yeah, you, and he you, told me bathing? about how he was, and the book hadn't come out where he admits this. So he's, he goes, I haven't told anybody this. He goes, I might write a book. So it was that long ago. Uh, I was suicidal in 1982, and I, I go. That's after the river. After after all that success, he goes. I felt alone in the world, but I was I was dead suicidal. Wow. Um, and uh, he really wanted to help save my life, and he did. And um, um, a great a great thing happened. He goes. I took my youngest son to his first non daddy concert last night, and I go. Who was? It? I think he said the Kings of Leon. I go. How was it? He goes, I'm getting to be like my dad. Everything sounds the same to me that's new. He goes, but my kid's a little bit of a wise ass. When we're driving home, he goes, I can't believe you got me backstage at a Kings of Leon guy. He goes, you think it was a hard thing for me to get you backstage? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, he's being a wise ass. I, I said to him, name a concert. I can get you backstage. He goes, the Beatles. I can get you backstage. <laughs> and then he was a real like 15 year old. He goes, Jesus Christ. I can get you back. <laughs> He's doing small rooms yeah. now, Jesus. Right. And then, and then he used to be. an hour into the conversation, I go, he goes, I got time if you want to talk. Um, uh, he'd seen some of my stand-up and told me how crazy it was. I go, can I ask you about some of the songs? He goes, go ahead. So I asked him about the girls. Wendy in, in Born to Run, he goes, there were a lot of Wendy's. Um, wow. I said, the end of Backstreets, me and my buddies always said, you wail at the end of that song. Uh, the name of the chick's Terry. I assume you changed the names. He goes, yeah. He goes, he goes, he took a pause. He said, the chicken backstreets broke my heart. Okay. okay. I called, I called my buddy Deej, who was like, we worshiped, I, I, all the guys that love Springsteen High School, I go, guys, I don't care if you're with your kids. I don't care what you're doing. You have to call me. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, not some guy, not a writer I met, not a guy who met, met him once, not a reporter. Bruce Springsteen just told me the chicken backstreets broke his heart. <laughs> you have to call me back. Now, my buddy Deej didn't call me back for a day. I go, this isn't a sufficient enough. Yeah. Like 30 seconds. Like, this is the bat phone. Like, I had to get, so, you know, it was like the song uh, by uh, by uh, uh, Harry Chapin, uh, The Cats in the Cradle. Like, uh, new job's a hassle, the kids with the flu. I, uh, you know, I had to buy snow tires. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen told me the chicken backstreets broke his heart. Unbelievable. So, Pulled the curtain back yeah. for you. Now, I see him in Paris. I see Bruce in Paris a year later, and I get to tell him, at the time I was clean, uh, I get to tell him in Paris that I beat um drugs and alcohol and he gave me a big hug and 20 hours later i was in jail for public drugness in paris oh, for screaming wow. at my girlfriend drunk so I, I i said that's that's me disappointing well <laughs> but, but 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 so so what we're talking about here i just wanted to preface it with that story that sure what because of what we do for a living i got a phone call from bruce springsteen it's unbelievable um and he talked to me for an hour and a half and really did help me get clean and then you know uh yeah, I just, it just. Artie, it's one of those things, though, man, where it's like when you're a real genuine person and and you come from like a, a place of of genuine love, and you're not doing it for fame, you're not doing it to shoot to the top as fast as possible. You're in this. Now, if, who are you talking if, about? Us. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, absolutely, no, absolutely. Like the, the David tells of the world, the you, the me, right. like, like well, the, the guys. That, are, yeah. I'll die homeless under a bridge, happy doing stand up the rest of my life. Right. I'm not gonna be the next you know superstar, and I know that. Just I'll, because, well, listen, but you know what. I mean, it's it's the marathon of it, not the quick blast up to the top and then fall down. And you and you know what I no, mean by absolutely. that. Absolutely, my, my our job. What we there are people who set out to be rich and famous. We set out to be funny. Exactly, and that's all I want right. to make. You know, to, to, I worked with you in Bridgeport. And that's an honor because I love you. Working with Dave yeah. and having Dave think I'm funny. We all love I mean, Dave Jesus and Christ. Greg, you know, me and you and Dave were sitting outside uh, to be two of the people who tell genuinely likes. Uh, we had, we had, we went to the diner one morning. Yeah, and yeah. You and me, him, Vecchione. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a. There's two. When you're friends with a tell, like I, he's become my best friend. Yeah. And uh, when when I was in the hospital once with pancreatitis, I didn't need the money, but he saw that I canceled a couple of gigs. Only only friend ever. Yeah. In my life, 
that uh, only person ever went to the hospital with a blank check and said to my mother, if you need money, let me know. Yeah. And, you know, uh, to my Italian buddies, this is a Jew. <laughs> I've enlightened myself. Uh, it, no, what, what, an amazing thing. Yeah. And, as, as great offstage as he is on. But there's two types of guys. You've got to separate to the guy. There's the greatest comedian ever and your friend. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, it, uh, how many guys that you know for a long time do you still watch their set? Uh, you know? and, and again... What the problem with comedy? We might as well comment on this now because I think music is akin to it too. Um, uh, Attell does his joke uh, the other night uh, where he calls <laughs> Sea Land the Auschwitz of the ocean, yeah. <laughs> and uh, a, a young millennial girl, all she hears is Auschwitz, and yeah. goes gasps and goes, "Is that allowed?" Like, like she thought he'd be arrested. You're kidding me. She thought. Like, well, not uh, only like not I'm freedom surprised. of speech, like, you, you be, you'll be arrested, like Lenny Bruce was, because he said Auschwitz. <laughs> uh, like, that, that, that's a microcosm of what's ruining, ruining comedy. Yeah. Know? I have one where I say I'd rather have cancer than a baby, because nobody gets mad when you beat cancer. <laughs> and, and people just hear those words in the same sentence, and they flip out. And it's like, it's actually a good message if you just shut up and listen to right. it, you know? But um, he, he's somebody that, you know, it's, it's not, and, and like you said, I mean, you, him and I have been on stage together at the right. cellar, oh, just riffing uh, and breaking yeah. balls, and it's, it's good when those moments happen. Our dreams came true in a lot of ways. You yeah, know? yeah. It's like... Uh, I think it's, it's knowing it while it's happening is the hard part, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I, I made every single mistake, every indulgement you could take. Yeah. Uh, you know, drugs, gambling, alcohol, uh, uh, whores, girlfriends who were whores, strippers who were whores. <laughs> Girlfriends who were whores and strippers. Uh, just just money just flew out. Uh, but, like, you know, we're sitting in my condo now. Thank God I paid this off. With a beautiful heroin view of the city. This, yeah, heroin did not take this from me. Good. Uh, well, we'll make sure it doesn't. Um, but um, I, as we sit here and speak, I'm, I'm clean 40 days. I very stopped, proud of you, buddy. Well, thank very, you. very proud I of you. I stopped doing heroin in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I talk about insidious, but... Um, Again, uh, well, you gotta uh, laugh at yourself, man. You have to. Oh, I, what, mom? What's the matter? What? Oh, now, now no, my mother, my mother's punching up the podcast with jokes of her own. <laughs> now I need rehab. My mother, by the way, screams out felonies uh, that I'm committing. Why is there white powder on the chicken cutlets? There's someone named Noodles on the voicemail. He says the Giants are laying seven. Is that about sex? <laughs> Let's try. Needs a good mom. <laughs> Just drive me to the gas station. Just drive me to the police station. That's so uh, funny. Uh, but uh, I, I told my mother. Uh, and I'm half joking. She gets upset when I say this, but if she dies before me, and in my family, it's an if. Uh, <sighs> on the tombstone, I'm going to put. I, I told her three. You can say three words. Bitch could cook. <laughs> That's it. Well, it's good to be Italian. <laughs> she isn't goes, it? "Don't you dare!" <laughs> uh, you talked about your cousin, and 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 when you find the person who introduces you. To music is the most too, important yeah. thing in the world, you know. And like my my folks had me when they were eighteen, and then my old man split till I was seven or eight. Came back, wow, and yeah, got okay. back together with my mother, and uh, we got this tiny little like fixer upper farmhouse in Connecticut. And on the upstairs, there was a bedroom and a living room, and that's where I was. And he put all his records in one room, and he had a stack I could listen to and a stack I couldn't. Well, well if you told me, by the way, you're a better man than me, because if you told me, by the way, that I'm giving you a fixer-upper house, it's another way of you saying to me, you're homeless. <laughs> <laughs> so we, go ahead. We had a roof. So, so one you could listen to, one you couldn't listen to. Yeah, and Zeppelin, uh, I could. Steely Dan, uh, Bad Company, The Who. My dad was an enormous Who fan. Right. Enormous uh, Queen, Bowie, um, you name it, that uh, shit. D d d who is it? But the bad, the one I couldn't listen to was uh, Zappa, Sabbath, and the Grateful Dead. Well, Zappa, I mean, listen, Frank Zappa, it, it, w w first of all, a great, great Stern guest. He was on Stern. He was a lot. And yeah. Howard was great with him. And But but God, if you understand the nuance of his music. But I, I, I got to tell you, as a comedian, th th just really think about what I'm about to tell you. I, uh, a guy named, uh, who's that English guy? Bit of a bit of a pompous ass, but funny. Uh, I narrows did it down. I did the Montreal Comedy Festival with him about five years ago. He always does the nasty show. Anyway, I'll is think it? Um, are you thinking Ricky Gervais? Ricky no, Gervais? no, not Ricky Gervais. No. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll think. Okay, that. Right. that doesn't matter. He told me uh, he's a guy who would know. Uh, he told me that um, uh, Frank Zappa, 
and uh, what's the band? The, the Machine? Mother, the, the Mothers of Mother Measurement. They had there was exactly thirteen people in the band for a while, and they were doing gigs where there was thirteen people in those then. Mm-hmm. So one time Zappa realized there was exactly thirteen people in the audience and thirteen people in the band. So he instructed the the band to do this. Think about the levels of how funny this is. Okay. All right. At the end of the show, one by one, like the saxophone player goes down and says to a person in the audience, "Hey, you take my saxophone and you go play it on stage," and they go and do it. Then another guy, like clarinet guy, goes down, the guitar player. Then so at by the end of the concert, all the mothers of invention were watching the thirteen people. That's unbelievable! On stage. Wow. <laughs> When I really, th- he told me that in Montreal at the festival, and I, I, I was I was smoking weed uh, and hash uh, that you get in Montreal, yeah, and of course heroin and cocaine. But uh, uh, those are the keepers, <laughs> and I uh, I couldn't believe how fu- how much that made me laugh. That's like how much of this is the weed? Like the fact that the mothers of invention were now the audience Watching and the- they were now the band, <laughs> yeah. and how weird they must have felt. Like what are, what are we doing? That's the confidence Frank had to just yeah. be like, fuck it, let's make it a moment. You know? <laughs> and trying to cover, first of all, how hip were 13 people at the Mother's Revention concert? Unbelievable. It's like jazz to me. Like if you, uh, to me, two things ruin uh, Zappa's music for me. Uh, his children <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and the oddness. <laughs> Dweezil and Moon Unit. Um, and Ahmet and uh, uh, yeah, the other uh, All right. Uh, the, 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 there's uh, Moon Unit, Dweezil, and John and Mary, who was named in the 70s. Uh, but uh, no, so anyway, so so Zappa, would, so why? Because why? Zappa, did that have a lot of cursing in it? I, yeah, I think he kind of thought it was maybe a little too blue for me at the yeah. time, you know, because yeah. it was, you know, you listen to like Bobby Brown and uh, some of those tunes that are, you know, like ramming up your poop shoot. Oh, yeah. When you were a kid, because sure. I was eight years old. And then I think he thought Sabbath was just too scary for me, and I think he thought the Grateful well, Dead well, was, another great, was... Okay, another thing about having an older cousin with his friends, seven years old, I would take a nap with my buddy. We'd take a nap. Okay. Here's how they woke me up from the nap. They'd play War Pigs uh, in our <laughs> ear. At the, so now imagine being seven years old, and, and like, you know, you're stressed about school and everything and wiffle ball, and then you hear this. In black masses! Bam! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I start to scream. Yeah. And then you see Tony Ione's face on the fucking album cover. Yeah, you open up those old albums. And How that's the album thing. Ours, I would just album play with co- the vinyl. Like you open co- it up right. and it's a dead lady holding a, like a glowing white cross right, on her. And it's, right. it scares the shit out of you when you're Absolutely. a little kid. I had to take it out of my room. But The Who was something that right away... Now, he had books. He was a Keith Moon disciple. Uh, and you Keith and I Moon had, is the best. Remember I texted you that picture because you, you mentioned it yeah, about yeah. where he had the... Uh, he had the, 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 the headset. In, in the, the documentary, The Kids Are All Right, towards the end, you see them in the studio recording Who Are You? Mm-hmm. And what's great about The Who, some really insightful critics said this about them. All four of those guys look like they're in a different band. They're not yeah, paying attention to one another. It's so true. Like, like Daltrey is so egomaniacal and just sitting there in his own world like with the chess show and everything. Townsend, you know, the brilliant artist, but like, you know, with the windmill. Keith Moon, legitimately nuts. Like, like not a guy, tr- like, there's, like we talk about like people with comedians contrive trying to be. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 here's how you're cool, people, if you don't try to be. Yeah, that's it. And, and, and Keith Moon was really crazy. He was. Um, and, and he had the headsets, because he always listened to the track, duct taped to his head. Yep. And he's like, pretends, he practices playing the, the drums before like the, the, the kickoff drums and won't be fooled again and Bob O'Reilly. And then M Whistle is just sitting there, uh, the most brilliant bassist ever, just n- not even, you know. Man, you listen to Quadrophene, you listen to The Real Me, yeah. and you hear that bass in the back, it's the most unbelievable Or My Generation, thing. the bass. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, that was the solos in that break there. Uh, again, being on Howard, I stayed in the room he died in. Really? Uh, in, uh, here's a good thing to tag, because no one ever plays this. You can find it on the internet. In the room and Whistle died in at the Hard Rock in Vegas, I went out to do the Stern Show. Okay. I was there with my girlfriend in the same room, and... A Stern Show classic prank caller, Captain Janks, got through to the news, told the news, the, uh, the hotel reporter that I died, the news in Vegas, local TV news, reported it. There's a news reporter. We played it the next day. It was like hearing your own epitaph. <laughs> uh, comedian Artie Lang was found dead by his girlfriend today. The, the Hard Rock confirmed his death. Like, all these Holy details shit. that the kid gave, they didn't bother to check it. It's uh, like, I was 35, and it was very believable. Yeah. Uh, you should tag, you should put that in there. Absolutely. When, when, no, the I will. Yeah. Because it, it was in that Whistle's room. And um, 
talk about rock and roll at the end. He was in his late fifties, S and M shit all over the place, yeah. blow. Yep. Uh, a quiet guy too, you know? The, Never the, said a word on stage. The great thing besides looking at Keith Moon about that that session where in Kids Are Alright for Who Are You is um, at the end, they're laying down the track with the ooh. So Keith Moon and and Entwistle are fucking around. They're playing around, and you see Townsend, who's the genius, mm. is like all stressed, yelling at the engineer. Keith yeah. Moon's going like dancing around, <laughs> right. having a good time with a with a shirt that says Keith on it. <laughs> Drummers uh, are always the ones that fascinate the shit out of me. Yeah. Bonzo is another one that's a just, specific kind of personality. Yeah, they yeah. Had, I heard an interview with Joe Walsh where he was in the James Gang and right. the Who liked him, brought him on the road, and he said that. Was the beginning of the end for Joe Walsh? Was yeah. Keith Moon liked him? Well, he, and he, right, and he, and he said his... he taught he taught him how to destroy hotel rooms. Yeah, he did. He said, and he when did. he got to the Eagles, like Don Henley was not about destroying hotel rooms. Exactly. Room. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Roger Daltrey was either. No, no, no. Well, uh, another uh, again, I, I, again because I was on the Stern Show, I had a book that sold enough to where a lot of people read it who were famous people. I mentioned Robert Downey Jr. in a positive way in the book. He called me up, Robert Downey. Mm-hmm. And said, uh, I know there's an AA meeting in LA that uh, you actually need to be on a list to get in. Like, wow. you know, it's, okay. he goes, if you go without me, I'll get you on the list if I'm not in town, which is what happened. But the people that are going to be so famous will be distracting. And they're all open about it. So I get like, I saw Ringo Starr give Joe Walsh a 16 year chip. Really? And I must have looked very depressed. And I knew Joe from Stern. He okay. Really nice to me, took me under his wing a little bit. And he gets a 16 year chip. Joe Walsh is walking out. I probably looked depressed. And he goes to me, it gets bitter, man. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great! In a church in Beverly Hills, it gets better, man. Uh, what, but, a, what an odd sound! Yeah, his yeah, voice, uh, and 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 talk about a goddamn genius! And uh, yeah, he just, made the just a who they fun were. motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, the it, song Life's Been Good and the, the, what's that cool anymore? There's nothing that cool anymore. There really isn't. Um, and this is what the conversations we would have t- telling stories like this. Uh, uh, I, the, the thing we really got into when we started talking to Mike was the book. I had just read the book Exile on Main Street, A Season in Hell with the Rolling Stones. Uh-huh. And it, I've read a lot of great rock books. Besides the Greg Allman book, which Greg Allman makes Keith Richards' book look like a, a, a story of a Girl Scout. Uh, <laughs> how he, uh, Greg Allman lived. And again, now that Greg Allman's dead. Yeah. Two of the East Street Band are dead. Tom Petty's fucking dead. Fucking Tom Petty's Petty. dead. I know. I know. And, and, and for, for a while, I said to my buddies, like in the 90s, I said, every two years, there are three certain things. There's death, there's taxes, and Tom Petty puts out a great rock yeah, and roll album. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, uh, I had a conversation with Noam about how Noam's the owner of the Comedy Cellar. About great man. Tom Petty could shit a pop song. <laughs> the way that he just exactly had Exactly three minutes long. Perfect. Well, you know, good, good, like, catchy, but rocking. Yeah, yeah. Nice catch, nice, nice hook, nice chorus that people learn to sing along to. And it's right. one of those concerts where... Every time you go, you're like, Jesus Christ, he's got the waiting. Yeah, it's like Seeger in a way. Oh, it's you know? Bob Seeger. Yeah. Like Against the Wind was on the radio the other day on, 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 on the, the, the rock station here. And uh, I think that's the one that does it to me. Yeah, I, I mean, get choked my, up now what, when I hear what, that. What, what music? What is fucking Pharrell putting out? <laughs> what, 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 what's, what's out that's even. That, that is like. The, the riff in that, the the, the, the the song Roll Me Away by Seeger. Yeah. That fucking voice. What is against the wind? There's nothing like, <laughs> there's no music like that anymore. That, that, I mean, talk about getting the chills. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know. There's, I, certain, uh, there's certain songs that, that put you literally in a place outside of yourself where I'm on fire by Springsteen. Oh, right, right, It's one right. of those where it's like you feel like you're in a room with no air conditioning. And it's 100 degrees right, and humid, right, right. middle of the night, neon lights coming from outside. And oh. you're just, I mean, I'm a little kid thinking this, and I've never even been in that room. Someone took a knife, baby, it. edgy and dull, and cut a six. <laughs> you know what and, I mean? And, now and, you wake up with the sheets soaking wet and a freight train <laughs> running through the middle of your head. It's like, oh, this? my God. Even his, pop song, even his pop songs were dark. Dancing in the Dark's about a guy who's going to commit suicide, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, but he made the mistake. He made the video there. Yeah. We see him with the chick from fucking Friends, from friends. dancing around. That, hey, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, or the acting in the I'm on fire video <laughs> where he takes the chick's car to the always a redhead. Yeah. Takes the chick's car like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the acting in the Glory Days video where he's pitching. Nettles got me. No, oh, man. Yeah, that song. <laughs> Jesus, that's like a Wrangler commercial today is that video. You know? I know. Going I know. down to the well tonight and drink till you get my fill. Him and little Steven. That's so cool he called you, man. 
He, That's really the amazing. fucking guy took an hour and a half out of his time. I go, can I ask you a question? What are you doing right now? <laughs> would, would you like, uh, he goes, well, I'm in between tours. He goes, I, I, it's probably hard for you to relax. You're like me. I so on a much smaller level. Yeah, I go, how do you come down? I go, I can't come down after telling dick jokes at a funny bone. <laughs> how do you come down after everyone in fucking Tokyo knows words you wrote about the Jersey Shore? It's unbelievable. And he goes, I'm a big reader. I go, I, okay, Mr. High and Mighty, I can read too. <laughs> but halfway through, you know... Uh, you know, that day's fucking uh, box scores. I need heroin. Yes, I hear you. When I found it, when I found music and I found rock, all I wanted to do was surround myself with people that right. that, that got it, that understood it. And being I grew up now, I'm 39, so growing up when, when rap's out and like grunge and all that, I'm going home and listening to my dad's records. And there's some good rap. Oh, like no, like, like great, Biggie no, Smalls and Eminem. Like they're almost like the no, Springsteen, the like rap. Tribe like, Called uh, Quest yeah, and all well, that, the well, New York well, stuff. But, 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 but. But I mean, come on! I Against understand. the wind. Against the wind's a beautiful yeah. song. Yeah, and you got experience. From some... the road. Yeah. The, 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 my my ex fiance, the love of my life, just got married Saturday. I, you know, she, she was probably all wrong for me, but I loved her. Okay. Unlike anybody else I ever dated, much younger, um, Adrian, and I I I am proud of the fact that she's from this fucking. Wu-Tang Clan generation. Nowadays, you could say you're in the Clan, and it doesn't mean Ku Klux. It could mean Wu-Tang. <laughs> uh, you're not with Billy Joe. You're with RZA. <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, I, I got her into Bruce. Uh -huh. Okay, Our first kiss was backstage at a Springsteen concert because I got to know him. Uh -huh. I would gently sing Thunder Road into her ear. And and your song by 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 uh, by Elton John uh -huh. and I, I I would tell her being that I'm sort of enlightened and jaded through show business, I, I said I would rather walk in on you fucking a guy than him gently singing Thunder Road. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because you yeah, know that's such a he can have your pussy, but he's not getting that heart <laughs> that I work so hard to fucking win over. <laughs> he can't have those eardrums. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we uh, had. Did you what what concerts growing up? Did you were you. Did you just get to any concert first you possibly concert ever. could? ACDC back in Black Tour. First concert ever. That was your first concert ever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Uh, my buddy's older brother got me drunk. I thought it was Coke. It was Jack and Coke. And that that, that was funny. How old were you? 13. Wow. Oh, yeah. And I what, was, Where was it? Uh, it was at the Meadowlands. Jesus. Your first concert. First, second was Bruce. Uh, and uh, do you remember? Do you remember the concert? Do you remember ACDC? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, ACDC is not. They, they they don't do a lot of like you know uh, jams like the Almonds or. <laughs> sure. It's it's like here's how he talks up a song, Brian Johnson. We're gonna do back in black for you, ready? <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember like 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 singing out loud to every song, and I I worked. I went directly into. Uh, I went directly into working at a music store, and I used to rob the place blind. My, the, the guy who managed the place was a chain smoker, right. and this was like a Strawberries in like a plaza. The name of the music store right. was Strawberries. Yes, I, I remember that. And yeah. he would go in the back, and he would chain smoke, and I would just shut the alarm off, and I would run sections. out All day, I would pile into the jazz section because nobody bought jazz what right. I wanted, you know? Wow, and yeah. I would just run out. Are you a 20, jazz 20, guy, too? I like it. I, I like, like the history of jazz more than I like jazz. Like I love Charlie Parker. I like the old stuff. Mm -hmm. I like the old. I think I'm a very uh, uh, yes. I like I, what I tend to do is I tend to seek out the best of whatever it is I like. I hate country music, but I love Merle Haggard, Roger Miller, Waylon Jennings, Waylon Jennings yeah. Johnny Cash. But uh, I can't I, I, get into I'll, any of the bullshit I'll, these I'll give days. Give your audience a plug. Uh, for, uh, Mike Judge a plug. Mike Judge has an amazing. In, in the King of the Hill type animation, and Beavis yeah. and Butthead, he has a, a Waylon Jennings documentary out. It's all animated. No shit. The interviews with all his guys and the reenactments with Waylon Jennings are all animated, and Judge does the, uh, and it's like here in Butthead. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. But 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 uh, Judge, a brilliant guy, big Waylon Jennings fan. It's I think it's new. Yeah, check it I'll out. Check I, it out I, I couldn't sure. stop watching it. Yeah, must have uh, been amazing. Uh, the cocaine took over in Waylon's life, <laughs> but um, uh, just an edgy guy. How do you make country music? Country guy? became Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. you know what I mean. Well, it really well, no, did no. But I'm talking about the Garth Brooks, like a talented guy, but you know, like like running around, like that's not country. George Jones is uh, country music. Yeah, coke, trying to beat up Tammy Wynette. <laughs> Uh, you yeah. know, or Johnny Cash, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's like, amazing. There's some guys coming out now that are uh, kind of trying to bring it back to that a little bit. There's a guy, Sturgill Simpson, that's really good, and yeah. Chris Stapleton, but I'm not, I have a hard time getting into country. No, I, Did you, you, you obviously got a chance to meet a lot of uh, your musical heroes yes. through Stern. I did, uh, yeah, well, and, and I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, uh, uh, 
I sing, I win a karaoke contest on the show from all the staff members, singing Mother by Pink Floyd and playing guitar as the kid from Stained, Aaron. Yeah. Great guy. The weed those guys got. Oh, my God. Yeah. I still have a contact eye. But he's playing guitar for Mother, and I'm singing Mother. Uh, uh, Paul McCartney was on the first. Uh, uh, now, uh, P- P- Howard did the best interview I've ever seen in a human being do with another one. Two weeks after I was on the show, 2001, full-time, right after 9-11, the concert for uh, New yeah, York. Yeah, yeah. And he came in to plug that in a new album. And... This made news. No one had ever said this before. Paul McCartney admitted that in the sixties, like like before AIDS and the Beatles were so big, they were even though they were famous, they left the door open to their flats because pussy would just walk in, sure, like like leaves blowing in, yeah, yeah. like pussy would blow yeah, in. Yeah, and uh, Yoko Ono came to uh, Paul McCartney's house. First, before John Lennon, and was trying to give him the con of like, can you have anything I could sign? I'm going to auction it off as a joke. He really? sent her to John Lennon's house as a joke. No shit. And and three days later, he gets a call from Lennon. I'm in love with this Asian girl uh, that says she met you. And he realized he wasn't kidding. So Paul McCartney sends Yoko Ono as a joke. Cut to 40 years later, he's arguing with her over the rights to Hey Jude. It's amazing. You know, and... Uh, and being in a room with him, I mean, like... And know. McCartney, and, and listening to how... Like, look, that was one time, they by then, my my mic was on all the time. Sure. Uh, but I, I was smart enough to realize nobody wants to hear me if Howard and Paul McCartney are talking. Yeah. I had a front row seat. I sat three feet from him. That's incredible. Yeah. That's a, and, and to say that nobody wants, you know, that's that you're, you're a fan above all. And I think that's one of those things that really kind of separates the real from the fake well, again, is when you're a fan of. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean I, Jesus I, Christ, and, it's an and, honor. And, and, you, be, and you can't get rid of that fandom. So you're sitting there with watching McCartney talk to one of the best Howard interviewers Stern. of all time. You got to, you know. Just two being, of my heroes. Yeah. You, know, yeah, you forget and, and, you even have a microphone no, in front of you. Exactly, exactly. And and uh, I sang with ACDC within the first month there. We, I sang you. Uh, Brian Johnson, it was early in the morning, forgot the second verse to You Shook Me All Night Long, and I just continued. Howard, let me sing it. That's amazing. That's on the internet. That's on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I won a, uh, uh, a contest um, called uh, Anal Ring Toss. A woman would come in, put a <laughs> stick in her ass. Yeah. Well, a woman or a stripper. Whatever you want to call it. And uh, <laughs> we would throw rings on it. And I, I, I beat um, uh, Anthony Kiedis in it. So I got to squeeze Carmen Electra's tits. That wow. Was and uh, my buddies were on their way to build like an addition on a house in Newark in cold weather. I'm making a million dollars a year to squeeze. And I got voicemails from them. You were dumber than me in high school. <laughs> what the fuck? How are you squeezing Carmen Electra's tits right now on the radio? And uh, Because you, know, you were dumber than them in high school. That, exactly. Yeah. I thought the blue part of the globe was the sky till I was 28. <laughs> By the way, it's the ocean. That's, that's fucking And hilarious. don't tell me you couldn't fucking make that mistake. Did you ever get into the Grateful Dead? Did you ever get into... Yeah, I, 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 the greatest single story about me on the road is I fucked my maid at the Hyatt in, um, in, in, at the Montreal Comedy Festival. I, I, a maid came in. I, I, I must have looked so depressed. I had the song Ripple on by the Grateful Dead. Uh-huh. Ripple's my go, one of my go-to depressed songs on the road. Uh, Jerry Garcia's voice with some voice, songs just... just Soothes me. Yes. And so I must look suicidal. This French maid came in, like Marcel Marceau, she's making teary, like, why are you so sad? And I'm like, you know, whatever. And like, she's too, like, that New York cynical thing, you're too friendly, honey. <laughs> Sits down, kisses my neck, like, gently. And, and like, I'm thinking, like, Chappelle is next door playing a joke on me. Sure, sure. We're going to get Audie arrested for rape in Montreal. You know? <laughs> and uh, and, and, and well, before I knew it, I fucked her to uh-huh. the song Ripple by to the Ripple. Dead. Wow. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, uh, no rubber, by the way, so there might be a French-speaking, chubby, half-Italian kid <laughs> in Montreal. Uh, but uh, Pierre, Pierre Lang? Yeah, oh, yeah, Pierre Lang. <laughs> so weird, by the way, hearing homeless people beg for money in French because they sound more successful than They you. totally do. <laughs> Absolutely. How about throwing me a saw buck, Pierre? <laughs> Let's split a baguette. Yeah, I got a baguette. Can I get money for a baguette? No, you can't. <laughs> Did you ever check them out live? Uh, I saw the dead the first time I ever tried stand-up comedy, July the twelfth, nineteen eighty-seven. I heard on Howard that the dead and the and uh, Dylan still had tickets at Giant Stadium. If I went with my buddy, took mushrooms. Yeah, 
This was 1987. A guy, uh, I I bought mushrooms from a guy who looked like he went to Woodstock, got a flat tire on the way back. It took him 18 years to fix the flat, and he just got back. (laughs) They were wiry, the mushrooms. And I was hallucinating, and I went into an open mic. I had the balls, because I left a dead Dylan concert on mushrooms, Uh to go into the original improv on 9th and 44th, get in the lottery. I picked number 10. Didn't go on to 1 in the morning when the mushrooms wore off. Now I got a headache. Yeah. Drinking screwdrivers. Bomb for five minutes. smoking cigarettes, probably. Bomb for five minutes. Bomb for five minutes. uh, But I left so proud of myself that I got on stage. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Do you think it was the mushrooms that helped? Were you thinking about doing stand-up before? Yes, yes. It was that, something the first that time you I had were the leading up to it. I had a song parody that I ended with. It's the only thing that got giggles. And I did it 13 years later at Carnegie Hall. I repeated this story. Wow. I, I did this song because, uh, again, awful hacky shit when you're, but when you're 19 and first stand-up, you know. Sure. If Cheers were about a gay bar called Queers, and here's the song. This, I wrote this song parody. Going to bars where everyone straight gets to be a rut. You want to go where you can get rammed in the butt, and in sync is all they play. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows you're gay, and they're not afraid to say, when I look at his ass, I lick my chops, and all the bar stools have no tops. And, uh, <laughs> On mushrooms after a Grateful yeah, yeah. Dead concert. That's the only thing I got left. And with the story prefacing it, I sang that with the acoustics at Carnegie Hall, sold out. Ma oh, man, how amazing. 13 years later. Isn't comedy beautiful? I, I, I had exhausted everything in, in show business, comedy-wise. Stand-up, a sitcom, sketch comedy show, and movies that all, none of them did great. But I was a self-made millionaire by the time I was 32. From the age of 27 to 32, I lived in L.A., bought my mom a house. But I was getting ready to be shown the door. I was going to be an opening act at best on the road. Uh, and uh, the Stern Show, the, 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 the sitcom I was doing got canceled. I got out of that contract as Jackie left the show. I knew the Stern Show knew me from going in with Norm McDonald yeah. four times, yeah. which was a blessing. Uh, and uh, you know, just insane luck, meeting opportunity, meeting having some talent. I knew that show better than anybody. A lot yeah. of people were on air auditioning, but I knew when to shut up and how it appreciated that. And uh, it, it, it's where I excel. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, absolutely. The great Jeff Ross said that when he wrote, first did a roast. Uh, in uh, for the Friars Club, he felt that was his Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I the, the, being on the radio was my Yankee Stadium. Did you grow up listening to the radio, wanting to be a DJ? I wanted to be on the Howard Stern show specifically. That's that, it. That's it's a great yeah. country. Yeah. Uh, all my dreams came true. I was a bigger star in the dreams. <laughs> I wanted yeah. to be Jim Carrey, but yeah. I wanted to be on a sketch comedy show that wasn't SNL. I literally wanted to be on one that competed against it that I was in the original cast of. And that's exactly that's what, what happened. That's what happened. Again, in the dream, it's as big as SNL was, but Mad TV lasted 14 years. That got me to meet Norm. I wanted to be in movies with guys like Norm. That happened. A sitcom. Uh, I was in a sitcom with Laurie Metcalf and Norm MacDonald for two years, making 35 grand a week. And then uh, I wanted to be a guest on Howard. I I co-hosted it for eight years. And again, that combined with the music we love and how it, like the Bruce phone call, the singing with ACDC, you know, the backstage. uh, I kissed uh, the the girl I love uh, who married a guy who owns a yacht. Uh, Saturday. Oh, I want to fucking kiss. I just hope they hit an iceberg. I just hope. I hope she's. You know what, Artie? He didn't host. He he didn't host Howard Stern for eight years. No, he didn't. So you know what? Fuck him. But he's hosting her vagina. <laughs> There's plenty more out there, bud. Don't I'm worry. Sorry. Well, yeah, you're right. But now you're doing crashing. Yeah, now I'm doing crashing, uh, and uh, which uh, everybody loves, dude. Right. Uh, let me tell you something. Everybody uh, loves it except uh, people who have HBO. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, it, it's an honor, first of all, to be on one of the 4,000 cable shows. Hey, there's so much shit out there, uh, man. Jesus. But, uh, again, you talk about stuff. I, I am so honored with this luck. But every time uh, luck pops up, I, you know, whatever I have uh, comes into play. It's a Judd Apatow HBO show, okay? I uh, am now on probation for possession of heroin, and I can't get mainstream uh, stand-up gigs. So I'm doing, uh, like, rogue shit. Yet I'm on the single most mainstream show you could imagine, HBO Apatow. Mm-hmm. Judd uh, has been an angel in my life, as has Pete Holmes. Um, uh, and uh, I play myself on the show. Yeah. Uh, no, and that's, and that's what's amazing about the it. Pilots, uh, the title of the pilot is Artie Lang. Uh, I, I started out with two lines as a fictitious character. Judd has my books. 
again, the Stern Show got allowed me to write books. Judd Apatow has them. He, uh, the scenes were improv. He said, yell out stories from the book. That's what happened. And uh, I'm now in my third year, it starts January 20th, as a regular on an HBO show. Yep. Uh, where uh, an, an episode last year where they deal with my drugs named Artie, uh, an episode named after me was submitted for the Emmys and we almost got an Emmy nominee. It, again, all this is surreal shit. Again, I'm a much bigger star in my dreams. But yeah. <laughs> I, I landed somewhere where I am and I'm very happy. Like, uh, uh, I found that I have enough fame. Like, I don't need, but unfortunately, fame equals money in this business. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? But you know the difference. The success and fame are two totally different oh, things, absolutely, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it... Um, and keeping tabs on what's the more what's more important is, right. is that I mean, that's yeah. really the, the Bay City Rollers were more famous than uh, you know uh, Zeppelin for a little while. It, uh, it, it but but God you know when we grew up it, so again I was twelve and seventy nine. How old are you? I'm thirty nine. Okay, so you, I got a, I got it by a bunch of years. But so the so I remember the seventies and my teens were the eighties. Yeah, and that was uh, the Ramones became more mainstream. Uh, rap came in. Did you get into uh, punk quite a bit? Uh, or? Yeah, I loved, well, punk, again, what was considered punk back then. I loved the Sex Pistols' first album. Yeah. Never mind the Bullocks. I love, I, what an album. Still to this day, I loved uh, The Clash. I saw The Clash open up for The Who at Chase Stadium. Holy shit. In 1982. Shit. Jesus. David Johansson and the New York Dolls doing a solo act, then The Clash, then The Who. Wow. Jesus, what a uh, show. And The Clash. And I bet it was $12 a ticket. It, 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 listen. I got World Series tickets from 77. Last row of the upper deck. My father sent away from them. Ten bucks a piece. My father parked down the street. We got a couple of hot dogs. My fat ass eating hot dogs is probably the biggest expense. <laughs> World Series game. My father took his son. $35 probably the whole night. Amazing. That's just Reggie unbelievable. Get three home runs. Probably 12 bucks. They were not good seats. Who cares, though? You know, they, they, were, they were, you know. Yeah. But the, the, the art of tailgating. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. uh, there's no bands anymore. The Stones still tour because there's a market for them. It's unbelievable. You know, there's no, there's... I know. And you know what? The Stones just said the, the uh, tickets came out. Service fees. Service fees already. $95. What are you going to do? You know? What are you going to do? It, it, it's, it's fucking it's, insane. It, 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 it's impossible it, it, to do. You know, I set out. They could a... take a little less money at this point. Yeah, I know. There's how a much? Band... But they, they must hate being home. Jesus. That's fucking ridiculous. There's a band I like, Fish, who I go see oh, I all the time, Fish, you yeah. know? And I set out to, like, we did whole summer tours where we would go six, eight weeks well, out you on know, the road. Real quick, a quick anecdote. The drummer from Fish came to see me do stand-up in Burlington, Vermont. Did he was, really? Was a fan. Yeah. Was a fan. John Fishman. Yeah. John Fishman with an F. Yes. Right. Yes. He, uh, that's, they named the band I after think him. Th- okay. uh, New Orleans, 1996, I was at the jazz, uh, New Orleans Jazz Festival. I saw the Almonds and Fish on the same yeah. bill. Yeah. And Shaka Khan on the same bill. That jazz Fest is fucking incredible, huh? Better than Mardi Gras because it's not quite as crowded. As yeah, and you're going for music. And, uh, it's... and you see people that um, will never have clean feet ever again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You go, you're 21 yep. years old. Your feet will never be clean again. I, How do you feel I, about that? I find old ticket stubs from that tour when I used to go see them on the road. You know, And I remember it being like 89 cents a gallon for gas. Yeah, oh and you yeah. could go get like, you know, we would eat Lunchables in a Foster's oil can for, for lunch. And you could do... Or we would sell packs of cigarettes for five bucks in the parking lot just oh. to make the gas money to go. Now, right. I mean, Jesus Christ, every single ticket's a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, parking and all the other. I don't know how the fuck people go. You know, going to concerts now, it's like a grand or a Yankee game. It's like, out that's of why control. I brought that up. Who the fuck goes to a Yankee? It's. I mean, I, the, the, the face value. Forget it. But the cheapest seats are a hundred dollars. Yeah, it's insane. It's a C note to see the goddamn bleacher creatures. <laughs> Did you get a chance to go backstage at, at quite a few concerts? The Almond because- Brothers. See, I played the Beacon when I was on Howard, and so I became fr- I sold it out. So I became friendly with the crew. Uh-huh. Any band I liked at the Beacon, I would just go to that side door on Seventy Fifth. Yeah, Street, yeah. And they would let me in. I did a few Almonds. I took broads there. The Almonds. Really? All the time. Before I met Bruce, I had the same exact conversation with him verbatim that I did with Greg Allman. Uh, I met Greg Allman and Bruce Springsteen real quick before I t- met them uh, m- more with Howard, through Howard. But uh, this is the conversation. Hey, your music meant a lot to me growing up. All right, man. Thanks a lot. <laughs> there, there's times you notice during an Allman Brothers concert where Greg Allman would leave the stage for an hour. Yeah. While J-Mo and Butch Trucks just, you know, just or fun. Derek Trucks just kills it on, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, they're amazing. And those 
runs at the Beacon were just legendary, man. Pick up Greg Allman's autobiography. Yeah, no, it I absolutely. Is absolutely astonishing. I'll have to check because it out for sure. Because he rats on their dealer to stay out of jail. And that's why Dickie Betts hated him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. the heroin supply got cut off because Greg Allman didn't want to go to jail. And, and you know, Greg, listen, uh, you're ratting out a drug dealer. He was a friend of theirs. But look. You're living the lifestyle of a rock star. You're fucking share at the uh, Rich yeah, Carlton. Yeah, You're going to go to a small jail cell? <laughs> Who am I ratting out? Yeah, that's Call ridiculous. me Sammy the Bull. <laughs> Henry Hillett, if you have yeah, to. Yeah, I'll Henry Hill at, you know. When you were, so did you have a crew of friends that like right off the bat, once you got into music when you were a kid, that you'd like cruise around Jersey, drinking yeah. beers, listening to rock and roll with them? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, my best friend, that's what we did. Uh, we would uh, we would play Jimi Hendrix smash hits and play air guitar on the hood of a car while we were driving. Yeah. Matter of fact, my my uh, I made all state third base high school and before a playoff game, which I ended up playing in, my coach went up to my buddy Paul Safelli, who was a pitcher. This is a famous quote. He said, "Dead serious, Paul. I think you got to play third tonight. I just saw Artie drive by on the hood of a car. <laughs> 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 play, you know, singing Purple Haze. Yeah. And um." Uh, Little Wing by Jimi Hendrix, the way he makes that guitar weep. Like if I, I don't have, Nils Lofgren became very, a very good friend of mine and he tried to teach me Night Moves by Seeger. Oh. I said, and I don't have that ability. I don't have the talent. To play guitar? To play guitar. And, and, and there's a great documentary out about Skinner right now where the, uh, Ed King talks about how he came up with the riff for uh, Sweet Home Alabama and he thinks he's explaining it. But if you don't have that in your head, I don't know what the fuck you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I hear what he you're saying. He did this, I bounced off him and this came out. I'm like, no, how did that come out? <laughs> like it's a mathematical <laughs> equation. It was in your fucking talented head. That's yeah. How I, yeah. You know, hang on a second. This will be fun. Hello? Hello. A package has been delivered to you at your residence. Fuck it. <laughs> so when, you, when you're, when you you know, now you said 40 days clean. Yeah. And, and we're all very happy for you and we're all pulling for you. Is there music you go to? You know, we'll harken back to nostalgically. Well, we just talked anything? about I mean, Seeger. Like, so I, yeah, he's, he's... Night Moves reminds me of my father because okay. my father loved, uh, like, would sing that song... I worked with him, and he, and he was a roofer, and he ran wires and attics with insulation. He had sheetrock dust on his shoulder on a summer day with his, ha- his shoulder out the van with the van open. Sure. I'm helping him, and I remember him singing the last words of that song all the time when it was on. I remember, I remember. Yeah, yeah. It makes me cry. Yeah. Against the Wind, any, anything by Bruce. Again, now the song Thunder Road reminds me of my ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, um, Oh my God! Yeah, she's gorgeous. <laughs> and, uh, and, and this, this, this is me and her. This is me and her at a Springsteen concert. Yeah, never heard of Springsteen before. And then she said to me, "Okay, this was great." She was like twenty five. She goes, "How come my generation?" I, I was crying when you went in the Hall of Fame. And she goes, "How come my generation doesn't have a Bruce Springsteen?" I'm like, "You want to know why? I'll fucking tell you why." Because I Springsteen was talking about making out with a chick under a boardwalk at the Jersey Shore. It was my life. What do you relate to? Jay Z's Bentley. Uh, the fact that Nas gets all the hot bitches. Is that yeah, what you relate yeah, to? Yeah. You're just shoddy Wi Fi. Yeah, you're just moving to some beat, some fucking <laughs> undergrad student sold to them. <laughs> you know, I it's different. to the music. And I think waiting for stuff was very important. You know, you didn't have the minute somebody records a song now, it's out there for the world. You would hear an album was coming out. The sentence, you would go I, the to the sentence. I waited online for three hours to get tickets is the exact same sentence means a totally different thing these days. Yeah, about that. yeah, it no, it's a totally true. different thing. It really does. We used to sleep out online for bruise tickets. Yep. You'd wait outside the Filenes or the one, the one computer. The Filenes, yeah. The one computer in town that you could get tickets right. at. Right, like, it was in the, the one. Mall. Com- it was the size of like the one on Mad Men. <laughs> yeah, to have your hero call you, Jesus Christ, that must have been the most amazing feeling I mean, in the world. Crazy. I mean, it's just. I worked with Howard, and I still never really got over that. We became personal friends, but to hear his voice go, "Are you taking care of yourself?" Like, like yeah. concerned. Yeah, absolutely. And and he gave me a number. He said, "Call any time." I was, I thought was, I never called, but it'd be funny if the next day I called it every day. Going, hey, you want to play volleyball or something? <laughs> it's a little Listen, Stevens I about, number. I, I thought of an alternate ending to Backstreet. <laughs> <laughs> he got a little Stevens number. I want to see if I can get on the, uh, the, the Sopranos. Okay, uh, and there is my and there is her wedding picture. Same girl's wedding picture from Saturday. Who's that knob she married? What a boo. Oh. Hasn't worked a day in his life. Dude. Hasn't worked a fucking day in his life. <laughs> you think he ever opened for Hatch at a Toad's place? No. <laughs> oh, he doesn't have a divot under his nose from cocaine abuse. Let's marry him. <laughs> Let's marry him. He never got us arrested for standing outside a car that he didn't know had heroin in it in Cleveland at 3 Let's marry him. Let's marry him. He's got that perfect no-story, boring-ass nose. I've watched three fucking women walk out that same door. 
This one had a $40,000 ring on her finger. $40,000. Uh, I said, well, what are you going to do with that ring? What are you doing with that ring? Who knows? Did you get it back? No. No. No! <laughs> and, 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 and then What's she, she doing with it she now? Says me, she says to me, uh, the doll that she is, she calls me because she doesn't want me to be upset if I, I hear, see, uh, see it. Because someone taught me how to follow her on Instagram, mm-hmm. which, by the way, should be the name of a fast Coke dealer. <laughs> yeah, uh, and how about hashtag? In the 70s, what we call it? Hashtag was you smoked hash and played tag. That's great. <laughs> hashtag. Uh, but, but, uh, but to torture myself... To torture myself because I, I punish myself. myself. I look at that wedding picture. That's Saturday. <sighs> That's Saturday. Delete that shit, man. Uh, wait, no, no, I'm not it. doing it. I'm not doing it because I hate myself. And there's a yacht. There's a yacht. She's on a yacht. She's on a yacht with him. Not his yacht. His dad's yacht. His dad's yacht. Does he have one too? My father left me a piece of sheetrock. <laughs> yeah, but that sheetrock's got more heart in it than that yacht does. But don't I, worry I, about I, it. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> We're sitting here looking at the west side. Of That's Manhattan, right. and it, I mean, Jesus Christ, this view. Is Those buildings, by the way, I read the New York Times uh, real estate section that the, for, for the first time, the, the uh, skyline has changed drastically. Those state-of-the-art buildings, there's high schools, banks in there. A kid does not have to leave the building. Inside the school? Yeah, inside the r- building? R- r- they don't Holy have to leave shit. the building, which is, uh, okay, between that and laptops and social media, we're not, how different are kids going to be yeah. than, like, we, we left to play stickball for 15 hours. How different of a human being are you You know, be? I get, I, I get really frustrated when I go to concerts and I see this the whole time already I'm watching the concert through somebody's phone oh I know filming a concert I know and I get my wife will be like just shut up let them have their fun you know what I mean like you and it, it, you kind of get that it's so like my, my girlfriend asking that being from that generation how come I don't have a spring scene they don't realize what they missed yeah they don't realize the romance of it the, 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 and, and and look I, like like uh, like we talk about our buddy David Tell he's classic he's cynical about everything to me you ha- you're gonna be always miserable you can be cynical like comics are but you gotta be romantic about some things yeah. for me it's my dad yep a chick on a yacht right now. <laughs> a lot of music. The music of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and the Yankees and yep. stuff like that. Like, you got to be romantic about some things. Yeah. You got yeah, to gotta be corny. To. You got to let it out about some things. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, was your, uh, your, your old man was big into music? Well, he, he was, you know what? He was, he was sort of the, more of a Chuck Berry Elvis guy than like, but kind of like the Doors, like the Beatles. His hair got a little long. Okay. Uh, uh, and he was a rock star, my father. I got a picture. Oh, look, I got a picture of him right here. here matter of fact, yeah, here's Springsteen. Yeah, my old man here next to a 72 Cadillac. Uh, that, he's, he's right there. That's him in 73. My father looked oh. like Tony Curtis. Oh, no kid. Yeah, yeah, he does. Look at that car. Absolutely. You remember riding in that thing, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, it, it, uh, it, it does. It's, it, certain songs put you right back to a certain place. Like the, the, that first Springsteen concert, we sat in the upper deck, and me and my buddy Danny McGrath and went with two girls, Charlene Cole and Sue Solowski. Uh And Charlene just killed herself two years ago. Jesus. And at the wake, me and my buddy Danny were crying, looking at her casket, thinking about the Bruce concert. Yeah. Yeah, we were geographically away from Springsteen as far as you could get, like upper deck sure. last row. But you know, you close we, your we, eyes though, and you're right up on yeah. the on stage we with just, him. We had a fucking blast, yeah, because he was talking to us in those songs. Yeah, absolutely. You know? How about you know, the, the, how about the song "Dead Flowers" by the Stones? It's mm-hmm. the best country song ever written. Was it it really is. Stone. Yeah, "My Hometown" by Bruce was oh, one as a kid. The, 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 how about this is political correctness and safety regulations took this away. The, what's it, what's in that song? Your father letting you steer the car. Yeah. Teaching you yeah, how to drive. Yeah. Yep. Sat on his lap in the big old Buick. Uh, yeah. And steered his Now retri- sitting on your father's lap, you know what I mean? He's probably fucking you. <laughs> sitting on Father O'Malley's lap. That's it. I love talking to you, Artie. And, uh, and, I, and I really, I could do this all day with you, my man. Uh, listen, this is like uh, pillow talk to me. Uh, I, I, well, let's do this again. What, yeah, if we can, man. Another four I, I years of the making. Uh, <laughs> Mike, I, I want to say something. You are a, a great talent as a comic and a great guy, and I'm proud to call you a friend. I'm glad we did this. Buddy. I love you, Artie. Yeah, Thank you so man. much. I, and, I really uh, appreciate thank it. Thank you.